Hey everybody, this is Talon Williams from Movement Radio, and I want to talk about a very special offer that my buddy Sean Thompson is giving away for you guys with Thompson Personal Training. Now, I've been working with Sean for the past couple of weeks, been working out, been working on cardio, working on cardiovascular stuff, boxing, in-ring stuff, and dude is the truth. He is going to give you guys the best possible workout you can possibly ask for. And if you guys want to take advantage of this deal, check him out on Facebook. He is giving away one month. All you got to do is sign up for three months and you get the fourth month absolutely free. So check him out on Facebook, Sean Thompson, or go to Thompson's Personal Training on Facebook and see what it's all about. Now, back to the show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of An Evening With, with Movement Radio. We're here with special guest A.C. Hutchison. A.C., how's it going today? We're doing good, man. We're doing good. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, uh, for the for the fans listening to this, uh, me and A.C. go back a long way, uh, back in the old school uh, Ridgeland High School days. Uh, he actually went to, he actually, I think he was in the same graduating class as my sister back 2007, yeah. I think. And uh, that's how I knew Alex was. I knew him through my sister. And it wasn't until much, much later that we, uh, I guess, re- our, st- our stars realigned when, when I dabbled in stand-up comedy and I actually seen him perform for the first time. And I thought that was like, oh, shit, you know, you're doing something kind of similar. So um, I guess we'll start off, Chip, if you want to start with the normal question you ask our guests first time they come on here. Uh, man, uh, yes. simple, simple is, uh, who is, who is A.C. Hutchison? Oh man, AC Hutchison is a is a hard worker. He's a he's a go getter. That that's pretty much. He's a grinder. Um, he's uh, upbeat all the time. To, uh, you know, even I know life can suck sometimes, and you know you want to get down and frown. But I try to keep the same composure. Um, no matter if I'm standing in a big pile of shit, I still like to somehow smile, even though <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, absolutely. Man, sounds yeah. like my kind of dude right there. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> told you you'd like this dude, man. I told you. Telling uh, to tell you, I, I got this uh, this innate ability to just, man. I just don't give a fuck, you know. <laughs> he don't. He really don't. <laughs> it, it's it's one of those. I I worry about the things that I can control and the things that I can yeah. control. I don't worry about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm slowly yeah. figuring out how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> So. It's ever so slowly, but it's happening. It's happening. Okay, so Chip asked the question. So Chip asked the question, "Who is AC Hutchison?" Now I'm going to ask you the question: Who was AC Hutchison before you became who you are today? What led you to that way? You know what uh, I mean? Okay, okay, that's a, a very good question. Um, Alex was a fucking knucklehead. A uh, <laughs> uh, some would call. Uh, in my younger days, a uh, man whore. Um, I, I resent those days. You know, we, we're not gonna, we're not gonna get into that. Uh, but as a class clown, for one, uh, that's that's how I really kind of knew I was kind of funny. I mean, because uh, I made the class laugh and I got a lot of write up. Uh, but you know that he loves you. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it, uh, 
definitely was a, another head, hard head. You know, I had to, a lot to learn, man. And uh, I'm still learning. So it's, it's still a work of progress for me. But right. that's uh, who Alex was. Right. Do you, um, yeah, yeah. Do you, um, I, I guess, I mean, I don't want to veer too far into the, the conversation just yet about stand up yet, but, um, did your upbringing have a lot to do with you taking the turn to becoming a stand up comedian? Oh, absolutely. It's like every avenue I turned, uh, it was like somebody was asking me to perform at church, um, little plays at church. It started out with plays, actually, um, plays through churches, through Ridgeland, um, Actually, my tenth grade year, um, can't forget. I can forget her name. She was, she was uh, in the drama department. I can't think of her name. Was it? Was it? Was it Miss Pitt? Miss oh, Huey. Oh, yeah, Miss Huey. Yeah. Yeah, Miss Huey. Huey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So she gave uh, me and a buddy of uh, mine named uh, Roger Alexander. I know you. Uh, I know Rodney. I know Rodney. Yeah. I ain't heard from him in God knows how long, but I. I yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. So they 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 gave us kind of like a a lead way to like, hey, create these plays. Because one play we man, we just threw a bunch of people together. We threw a plot, and it sounded it really at the time it sounded really silly. But that's obviously what the people like because uh, Mr. Peck kept telling us, hey, the principal at the time kept telling us, hey, you know, uh, let's keep doing that. That was actually pretty entertaining. So we just kept doing it and doing it, man, and. So yeah, it's always been around, and plus I grew up in a bar. Yeah, ironically, I grew up in a bar, so my dad was always telling jokes to all his friends and stuff. So I mean, it's always been around me, but not really a direction that I thought I would be going in. Right, uh, man. What what are some of the hobbies that you got besides uh, stand up comedy? You know, I definitely want to get into the stand up comedy, but right. uh, you know, kind of. What are some things besides stand-up comedy that make you kind of tick? Oh, man. I'm a country boy at heart, man. I really am. I like swimming, dirt biking, uh, four-wheeling. You know, you could catch me in the woods. You could catch me uh, at the river. You know, I like outdoors. I'm nature. I'm a nature boy at heart, really. Ooh, you got to watch out on that nature boy. There's some people around here might... Might think something about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't go at night. Let's just say that. I make sure it's in broad daylight. I want somebody to get suspicious. So, you know. <laughs> right. So, okay. So, let's rewind a little bit. Okay. So, at what point in your young life did you automatically did it click for you and say i want to end up doing stand-up comedy like that's what i want to focus most of my attention on when did that moment for you happen uh I, it's a funny story really i kind of actually lied my way into comedy man um <laughs> yeah uh, i had a friend he was he was a promoter around the area and he was throwing together this comedy event and he kept saying like, hey man, he's like, I'm throwing together this event, you know, some comedians. And I, I mean, at the time, I was like, nah, he's like, but I'm paying them. I was like, are oh, you paying? <laughs> like, uh, 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 how much are you paying? And then he told me, and I was like, you know what? That actually don't sound bad. Rent was due, so I had to go ahead and say yes. 
uh, girlfriend at the time. Uh, she she thought it was crazy, but yet she was ready to see me do terrible. Uh, so so went ahead went with it, man. And uh, uh, after the fact, it, it just it went terrible. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it, it, they all go terrible. It, it went First terrible. time is always it terrible. Terrible. It was kind of like the eight mile, you know, palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy, it's vomit on a sweater. Yeah, all that. All that was first time. Uh, In other words, he's nervous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. You describing what it was like when I uh, had my very first wrestling match. Man, I'm standing there at the curtain, my music is playing. I'm like dripping sweat, ain't done nothing yet. I'm in, man, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna have a heart attack before I get out here. You know? It's, I think it, I think that's the way everybody feels before they go do something, whether it's your first right. wrestling match or the first time you go on stage, you know, the first time you, you know, you with a pretty girl and something's fixing to go to that next level. Everybody right. has those moments of nervousness yeah. before things. Do you still feel that way when you perform? Uh, absolutely. And, uh, I know uh, a professional, uh, somebody who I consider a uh, friend and a slight mentor, myself, uh, Charles Allen, always told me, man, he said, I've been in this game for a while. It, it, it never it never leaves, man, like that that nervousness, no matter how long you've been doing it, 10, 15 years of the game, you're going to still experience it. I do experience it, and I thought, I was like, man, I've been almost four years into this. When is this going to go away? But it just, it's there. And until your name is called, it's when it goes away for me. I Man, I completely understand. Um, you know, uh, been wrestling for almost 20 years, and Ooh. every time, yeah, every time I stand in front of that and <laughs> and that music plays, and uh, it, it, it happens especially when you're in a new a new place, some place I've never wrestled before. I'm like, man, all right, are these these people gonna uh, take to me? You know, are they they gonna love me? They are gonna hate me? Where am I at? And everything. Uh, and I imagine the same would be, you know, when you're performing comedy at like a new venue or whatnot. You're like, man, is my stuff gonna hit here like it did, you know, across town or whatnot, right? Right. That's the thing, man. And I had to learn that quick in the comedy business, man. It's uh, different strokes for different folks, uh, different places like different shit, different people like different jokes. You got you got to look at the crowd. You really got to know your audience is what yeah. I've learned, man. You have that. Got to yeah, that that's one thing that I've learned. Like when I was dabbling in stand up for a while, um, I would do the set that I did at the comedy catch, and I remember Luke Marta. You know Luke, you know oh, yeah. Luke, you know great guy. Luke, I can also say that in terms of somebody helping me out, like Luke helped me out a bunch. Like I can seriously say him, Bridget Martin, and a couple of others have actually like really helped me out. Uh, Eric Loomis. Um, oh, yeah, shout out to the Luke, home team. Hello. It's funny. If nobody else laughs, that's on them. If you think it's funny, right. it's. Funny. And then you go out there, you perform your set, and then you do your set, and it's like, okay, 
it didn't go exactly the way I wanted it to go, but man, I had people laughing. It was cool. Awesome. And then you go back maybe the next month and do another open mic night at the same place, kind of the same group of people, same type of people that like the same type of comedy. You do your set again because it's been a while. It's like, oh, shit, yeah, it's still hitting. It's still hitting. And then you go over to JJ's to do their open mic night on Wednesday nights. You do the exact same set thinking you're going to, okay, it's a different crowd. They haven't heard this, so they'll think it's funny. And then you realize these jokes aren't hitting the way I thought they would. You know, and they... I mean, you, dude, <laughs> you might as well, you might as well have thought a fucking terrorist attack happened because I bombed, you know, like it was, it was, it was, it was God fucking awful, man. And I don't know what, and what's so funny is that before the show, we were all bullshitting backstage and stuff. Like, you know, we were telling jokes backstage and stuff like that. Right. Uh, my buddy, Brian, my buddy, Brian, uh, uh, Brian Smith came up to me and he was like, Bro, a lot of what you were saying beforehand was funnier than what you said on stage. You should have said the shit out back here, what you said, should have said on stage. And I'm like, fuck, you know. And then that was at the time when I told Chip, I, I said, like, man, I fucking bombed. And Chip was like, well, you should have let us know. We could have been there to support you. And I was like, well, fuck it. Next week's my birthday. If you guys want to give me a birthday present, y'all come check me out on my birthday at the Comedy Catch. So I spent my birthday at the Comedy Catch performing, but I performed in front of like 16 of my friends and everybody else to pay to get in there. And that was actually a, a show that I enjoyed. I mean, the second half of the act wasn't as funny as the first half of the act, but, you know, and that's just because, you know, everyone like I'm that guy. Like I have to know what I did wrong to help me get better. Are you like that in some way? Like if, if a joke didn't hit right, do you want somebody to say, hey, that joke wasn't funny. Here's the reason why it wasn't funny. And you want you you want that constructive criticism? Absolutely. And uh, one thing um, that I really respect, man, and I have this in, uh, I have this in the Chattanooga community, man. I'll have uh, several of my peers, the, the other comedians will come up and be like, they'll critique you. And I'm all for it. And there's some of them that are real polite and be like, hey, you mind if I give you some pointers? Like, they're so, like, nice about it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you mind if I give you pointers on that certain joke? And I'll be like, yeah, I'm all for it. Like, uh, one guy actually gave me some real good construction criticism that I actually ended up putting on. Uh, I ended up switching a few things around on the jokes based on what me and him had discussed. And, it, man, it made that joke pop. So, yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, right. you know, don't, I mean, I would rather you tell me that to just send me out like oh man this guy fucking sucks we're gonna let him suck too I, you know I don't... <laughs> you know so yes i appreciate that brother that that, yeah. that sound familiar to you chip uh yeah all the time <laughs> uh you know uh stand-up comedy I, i'm getting this very distinct uh feel for like what wrestling is because you would go out and have a match and then you, you come back and you ask somebody Man, how was the match? What can I do better? And everything. They'd be like, oh, man, it was great. That right there tells you they didn't watch shit. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, man. Absolutely. Uh, Wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, love it. It's all I've ever wanted to do. Uh, up until I, we started this podcast. Uh, and then I, I fell in love with podcasting. And I... Uh, and I spend most of my time doing this now. Okay. Yep. Interesting story about uh, wrestling. Uh, not a lot of people know this, but um, I actually, growing up, if uh, that was, I was a huge wrestling fan. I mean, 
uh, everything I wanted for Christmas, birthdays, fucking uh, Hanukkah, <laughs> fucking you name it, any holiday. I Your family wanted. celebrated Hanukkah. <laughs> Hey, if it meant getting a if present, we yeah, we said, Are you Sammy Davis, my brother? What the hell? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Love Sammy Davis to death. I'll tell you uh, something, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, brother, I used to be, I used to want to be a wrestler, but um, it kind of broke my heart when The Rock, I was a Rock and Stone Cold fan. So when they stopped doing their thing, I kind of lost interest in it. I still watch it, of course. Uh, but I was uh, back in the day that raw, that attitude version of WWE and or WWF at the time. You know, that's what I was into. So, uh, kind of weeded myself away from that a little bit and uh, took on other things, such as rapping. I used to be a rapper, but uh, my younger days, that's what I wanted to do. But. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> But that didn't take off. <laughs> right. I mean, right. I, I uh man, I say there are no dumb ideas. The only dumb idea is something you didn't try. Exactly. Oh, man. Exactly. Yes. Absolutely. You know Yeah, we were gonna yeah, we were gonna come kick it with you um this past week. Um I don't know when exactly this uh episode's gonna drop. I'm gonna say it's probably gonna drop at the end of the month. Um okay. but you know, like as of this time of the recording, we were gonna kick it with you uh just last night uh right. down at uh at undisputed three uh, yeah. unfortunately unfortunately like what was it like the only reason why i was wanting to go because my boy reese was performing and yeah, then he said, when he told me friday that his opponent backed out i was like well fuck like i mean shout out to all the other battle rappers and stuff been very good at supporting movement radio you know and, I, and that's when i approach ship and be like you know he supports us let's support him you right. know so if he ain't there we ain't got nobody to support so what are we supposed to do right. you know not right. supporting the league or network i'm supporting my homie you know what i mean right. so right. but but yeah and that's kind of like it with you too like that's one reason why like i wanted to get you on the the, uh, the podcast because i know how dedicated you are and how dedicated you've been uh, performing, going to different places, down to Atlanta and down to Alabama, different places like that. Right. Um, who were some of your biggest influences when it came to um, creating your stand-up? Like, who did you like? Who did you admire as a stand-up comedian? Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of different influences. Uh, a couple of them, uh, you know, I hate to say, I mean, you know, uh, as far as it comes to stand up, you know, I know this guy's in turmoil right now, but you know, the the old school Bill Cosby, um, I felt like he had a a good household brand of comedy. Um, Eddie Murphy, even of course, I mean, you you cannot mention comedy without uh, Eddie Murphy. Uh, Bill Burr's, uh, uh, Jeff Foxworthy's even, man. I mean, I'm I'm inspired by a lot because a lot of that is like stuff that we can relate to. And even if we can't relate to it, you know, funny is funny. I mean... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? So that's what it all boils down to. So the Dave Chappelle's, you know, uh, the Gary Owens even, I've actually seen him uh, firsthand. 
before I started comedy, I seen uh, him and Bruce Bruce and Mike Epps. I uh, went to a, a, a show of theirs at the Memorial Auditorium. It was pretty, a pretty good experience. And that's before, I, that's crazy. That's like a, a year before I ever even thought about doing comedy. Oh, wow. I just wanted to be a spectator and uh, I still wasn't interested in it after I left. It was just like, oh, hey, that was cool, you know? Stand up. Everybody loves stand up, you know? <laughs> Yeah, so ex- talk to us about the very first time you were on stage. Oh, God. Um, there's still a video floating around uh, somewhere uh, with that, and it was terrible. Um, I've seen it. Yeah, oh, God. I look oh. that up. I'm going to have to look oh, that up it and insert it uh, into yeah. the episode. It was, uh, woo Okay, so, uh, well, the thing is, I didn't realize how big of a movement um, this uh this guy had or big of a following that he had behind him when he threw his shows. So I'm going into the show thinking, man, it ain't going to be nothing but five, 10 people here, man. I get there and that motherfucker is like sold out people standing up. And I'm like, so this is how my first show is going to go. Okay. So, um, I got nervous, uh, drank a little bit, a couple shots, try to knock the edge off. Um, that didn't even work. I mean, I, as soon as I hit that stage, like I sobered up when I seen those lights and people looking at me and like, I, I was going to actually hide it. Uh, cause I really, I was just in it for the money. I was going to hide it. So I didn't actually, I didn't tell anybody about it. What happened is the guy made a flyer and my face was on the flyer. Uh oh. So, yeah. So then I had people inboxing me left and right. Like, Oh man, you do stand up now? That's awesome! Like we're we're coming, we're coming to support. And I was just like, no, no please, no! <laughs> like no, fuck no! <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like uh, Home Alone, like. <laughs> but uh. Man. There's there's one thing about bombing in front of a bunch of people that you don't know, but bombing in front of a people a bunch of people that you do know is even worse because you gotta live you with to, that man. You got to worry about they gonna call me, they gonna Facebook, mm-hmm. they gonna show up at my house, and then mm-hmm. it's gonna be you gonna make they gonna be making fun of me, and right. then, you don't you know you just don't want that, right? And there's right. some people that haven't been to my show since that day so they still think i suck oh, wow. <laughs> yeah but, I've, I've been trying to get those people back but you know oh well yeah but i mean it, it's something that just gets better the more you do it i mean no yeah. one you know no one just bam pops up and you're the you're the greatest stand-up comedian or the, or the greatest wrestler or the greatest actor or whatever like a lot of it takes time and right. you have to go through failures and you have to go through those um those moments where you actually have doubt and then you have to fight your way through it and then it ends up you know you end up becoming better and then slowly but surely you end up gaining more ground and slowly but surely you'll end up gaining more respect and more fans um was there anybody in the local chattanooga area who i know i already i don't think i already i already asked this question but is there one particular person in the chattanooga area who gave you the the best advice that you've ever given is there one particular person who was like almost like a mentor to you Oh, there's a couple, really, man. Um, but the first guy that I would have to say is a guy named Willie B. Uh, his name is Willie B. Jr. He's uh, 
a local guy to Chattanooga. He's moved to Atlanta recently. He was actually the first guy. Like he was at he was at my first show because he was performing too. That's how I met him. And you know, like I said, I bombed, I sucked, but he came up to me and was like, "Hey, man, this is what you need to work on. This is if you're willing to to take my feedback, I'll give it." So he gave me this feedback, man, and from then on, it's just been like. Every, we, we somehow end up around the same area or sometimes even at the same show. A good friendship over that. And uh, I, I appreciate him, man. He's the first person that reached out to me um, offering some feedback. So I appreciate him. Chip? Yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, I think it's video. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Your I video mean, froze. Like, oh, shit. No, we, we don't. No, no, no. <laughs> hey, man, I, we say this every time. It wouldn't be movement radio without some kind of, of slip up or mishap. <laughs> and, and we just kind of roll with the punches and keep on going. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, what I, I would say from that first first time of being on stage what was the one thing that kind of resonated that you took from that uh whether it was good or bad that you've used since then uh never get booed again um that was (laughs) that was big because my first time i got booed because i froze up man I, i like i literally tripped over my words I couldn't, I didn't, I came out hot though, because they let you pick your music. So I came out to my favorite jam. So I came out dancing and I was real excited. I looked like I was about to fucking kill it. And then, um, yeah, it ended up killing me. (laughs) (laughs) And you couldn't remember what the words were. uh, Yeah, man. I mean, like I couldn't remember my, words and what's crazy is it's like i had never been in that situation so i didn't know how to write jokes so i just literally wrote topics and i wrote the topics down on my hand the palm of my hand so i could just look at the topic and be like okay there's a story right there so it'd be like for instance it'd be cockroaches so i'd write cockroaches and i'd be like oh yeah just tell a crazy story about cockroaches and then uh, women that fart. Okay, women that fart. Just tell a crazy story about women that fart. So it was, yeah. <laughs> it was just, yeah, was like just no, a, like uh, no correlation, <laughs> like no chaining together jokes or no, anything like that. Like you knew no, nothing about scheme. No, you knew nothing about no. like cadence or anything. Like yeah, no, nothing. That, that's one thing. Like one thing that's like with every you know, c- kind of like a wrestling match in a sense. Like you don't start off with a lockup and then the very next second, oh, you're doing a Canadian destroyer and then you're going back to a headlock, you know, like right. that, that, that don't work, you know, um, right. there has to be like a series of events that lead up to the event. Like, um, like when I did my stand up, like a lot of what I talked about earlier on, like I talk about, you know, like my family, you know, like my family life, things like that. And then right. it transitions into, into me having a big ass forehead, you know, um, cause my son's got a big Bro, ass you forehead. Do have a big it kind of blends forehead, into I do have a big ass for shit. Look, look at this shit. Look at this shit. Hey, this this motherfucker don't have dreams. He has motion pictures. Bruh. Bruh, like, like, 
bro. Like, I swear to God, dude, if you painted a white H on my head, a fucking helicopter would land in here right now. Like, or a fucking drone or something. But, yeah. but yeah, man. But, but yeah, but I mean, it all has to be leading up to a series of an event. Um, was there a particular joke that like hits every single time for you whenever you tell it and you're like, okay, I know this joke is going to hit, but I can't say it over and over and over again because I'm worried that it's going to fucking you know, people's gonna get stale after a while. And sometimes jokes can last, you know, the test of time or whatever. But yeah. is there one particular joke that you do or did rather, where it's like I know this is gonna be a home run every single time I tell it? Yeah, um well a lot of uh a lot of comedians have those jokes in their back pocket um uh, to fall back on because sometimes uh when we try new jokes out it might not hit like we wanted to hit so we'll have that that energy getter uh as we call it sometimes where it'll bring the energy back up so yeah i have a couple jokes actually um <laughs> that would uh definitely be my go-to work every time no matter the crowd and it's crazy because i came up with the joke in like three minutes okay um, because it was a situation that happened and it just hit me. There's a situation that happened with my landlord. So it just hit me. I was like, wow, maybe you should use this. And then um, I, I, I don't have a joke consultant. So I was like, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to like try this. I don't know. See what my grandma or somebody thinks about this. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I called up a couple family members or something, ran the joke by them. I ran the joke by my ex-girlfriend, and it was just like, so it's like, oh, okay, this might hit. So uh went down to the open mic, and I was like, you know, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a go ahead and try this one. And, man, it, it was instant. Uh, instant, it just hit me, and uh, the crowd's reaction to it was great. So I was like, you know what? That's going to be my closer. I'm going to use that as a closer. Yeah, I've actually, yeah, that, that's, 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 old, that was some funny it's, shit, too. Yeah, I remember. I remember people in the back because uh, most of the comedians uh, stand in the back. Um, I just remember. I can't remember if it was uh, Harris or I can't remember if it was. I can't remember if it was Matt Harris or if it was uh, Eric. But I heard somebody just be like, oh, "That's the funniest shit." I, oh, I want to yeah. say it was Eric, but I can't. you probably heard it from the stage. So oh, yeah, you know. yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, because I had to go on after you, and I don't know if you heard. I don't know if you remember because I think you had left. Because and I got up on stage like right after you did, and I grabbed the mic and I'm like. How the fuck am I gonna follow this shit? You know, oh, in that yeah. battle. Oh, whatever. you actually did great though, man. I got yeah. great reviews on you though. I really did. Yeah. yeah. I got great yeah. reviews on But you I haven't I haven't but I haven't dabbled in it since God. I wanna say since Yeah, since uh since April of 2019. That was the last time I was on stage. Yeah. Um but 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 at the same time I was focused more on wrestling. At that time, because we were hitting, because we, me and Chip, we were like really hitting it hard, you know, on the tag team scene, going around to different places. Right. And stuff. Um, and oh, then so this is your we tag were, team partner. yeah, yeah, that's my tag team. That's that's oh, Chip of the movement, bro. Yeah, yeah that's the, that's one. That's the other half of the movement. Okay. That there's a reason the the, the podcast is called Movement Radio. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh man. Yeah, I man. You, you were saying awesome, bro. Yeah, uh, I, I remember the first time I went and seen Talon do stand-up comedy. There was like this this 120-year-old dude that did comedy b before him. 
and it was the raunchiest, nastiest, funniest <laughs> shit I had ever heard in my life. No, no, it was after him. You know, he was after me. Was he was he? after me. He was after me. Before you. He, no, 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 no. He was after me. He was. He was two. He was two. He was two comedians after me, and then that poor girl had to get on after him. Remember, because I said yeah. I, I'm glad I Bro, went on before out. him, because I know I would have. I would have. I would not have done good if I would have went on after him. I know I wouldn't have. Bro, I don't know. That was like name or anything. So, but he came out, and I was looking like he come out on stage, and I was like, man, what in the hell? Like, is this geriatric night or something? And he just went in. He just went in. And, man, I, I fell out of my chair laughing. <laughs> I was like, man. I never heard from him since. I don't know if he's still alive or anything. But, I mean. Uh, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> dude. Golly. Yeah. Um, let me let me let me ask you this question. And it is a serious kind of a serious topic. Um, since since the COVID situation has been the biggest deal of 2020 um, and, you know, things have gotten somewhat better and then they've gotten back to worse and they went back to better. And then it's just it's a roller coaster for everybody as far as far as this virus. Are we going to find a fucking vaccination for it? Is it going to is it wrong? You know, whatever. You know, that's for different. I'm not trying to get political about this bullshit because I fucking hate politics. But how has the COVID situation affected you from a stand-up perspective? Um, <clears throat> it uh, it only really affected like the first couple of months. I think the first couple of months during the pandemic, it, it really uh, started to affect it. Um, but then you got people. People are trying to find different ways to make it happen still so you got zooms you got you know online stand up i mean people are trying to get these jokes off because it's it's hard to hold these jokes in when you know you probably wrote a good one and you just want to get it off but it's still not the same so um it probably, probably say the first couple months it was really affecting but other than that man it picked it picked up i'd say for me, bigger than it was beforehand. So, oh wow, um, uh, didn't really affect. Yeah, yeah, it really didn't affect much, man. Because um, Tennessee passed a law uh, as far as entertainment business uh, places go is you can be open, but you have to be at a capacity, uh, a certain percentage capacity. Right, right. Uh, and also practice the COVID precautions as well. So um, that's basically what Tennessee is like. Okay, we'll let you, you the entertainment business is open, but you got to promise us that you'll maintain the COVID guidelines uh, and, and everything's everything. So we uh, got together with Bridget Martin. Love Bridget. Shout out to Bridget. Uh, Shout out to Bridget. For, uh, for all she's. All she's done, she's, I'm telling you, one of the hardest working female comedians or, or comedians in this area. Um, she's helped a lot of venues. Uh, we actually, my first show, um, when the pandemic was, when they kind of released a little, they were a little lax on the laws from COVID, was um, Bridget put me on this show where it was uh, socks and undies for the homeless. Okay. So literally everything was donated to the homeless for that show. So we just 
did this thing where we were going around to different venues and um, the profits would go directly to the venues. Because, I mean, we a stand up. We, we know we ain't going to make a lot of money. So, I mean, we're, we're just we're just trying to find the funny. And, you know, you find the funny and hopefully one day find the money. I mean, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's hey, I like that slogan but... right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like it. I like it, bro. I like it. I like it a lot. Find the funny, find so the money. That's what we, we hope in the stand-up world, but... Find the right. money. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> man. Um, and, and it's... It, it, I, I, let me ask this question. What's the... Where's the funnest place that you've ever performed? Uh, well... Well, ain't no, ain't to, this this podcast isn't PG, bro. You can say what the fuck you want, okay? You just say, <laughs> unless it's incriminating. In that case, you know, kayfabe. Right, 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 <laughs> right. right. Uh, well, I almost performed in a strip club before, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're gonna have to come back um, to that story. But um, okay, aside from the comedy cast, yeah, right, right. Aside from the comedy cast, because I do got to give a shout out to the home team because they've been great to me. Um, so aside from the comedy catch, I would say, um, wow, mm, that's a good question because it's been a couple of places. But if I had to uh, find this place, I would say hands down would be the Laughing Skull in Atlanta. Okay, the Laughing Skull in Atlanta. I mean, literally, man, those people. I don't know what's in the water. I don't know if they slip them people ecstasy when they come in the fucking place, <laughs> but these people, I, like, I really feel like they own shrooms or something, because that giggle box, I mean, is there. I mean, yeah. literally, I can't even get anything out, and they're, oh, 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 oh my god, that is funny, and I was like, man, I, I just said hi, that's all I said. I didn't <laughs> anything, I just said, how y'all doing? Oh my god, he's hilarious! So I love it, it's a booster. <laughs> It's a booster, though, because you don't get that love everywhere else. And when you don't, it's kind of like, oh, fuck, you know? I yeah. Back to that other place. <laughs> we, uh, I'll, tell you one, I'll tell you one quick story, and it's wrestling related, but it's kind of similar to what you were talking about. Um, you know, we go to all these different, you know, we, we, we do, do different towns and things like that. And right. there's certain places who that know us, and we... Right would do certain shows like if, if we perform in Rossville they know us if we perform right. in Ringgold or something yeah they know we, we if we perform in Canton Georgia we're gods but that's a different story right. um we actually performed in Chattanooga at a place for Stoveworks and literally it was a tag match between us and our buddies uh the Hatriots right. and all we did was go out there and bullshit like that's all we did was go out there and bullshit and you could have swore to God like everybody's seen the greatest match of all time. And we really didn't even do anything <laughs> that crazy, you know. But the energy that the crowd gave us right. propelled us to be like, like all I did was just a real, just a tumble roll in the ring. People were like, yay! <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to do it again. I rolled again, yay! And I looked at my buddy Eli, who's in the ring, I was like, you do it. He went to do it, hit his head. Everybody started laughing. So I tagged Chip in the ring. Chip got in the ring, and he rolled. Yay! Like, it, the whole thing was just great. And it was right. all just Gaga, you know? You love but then, that. But, but then 
But once we hooked them with that, when we actually started to wrestle, then people were more into it. And then once you got closer toward the end where the, you know, the triumphant baby faces win at the end, oh my God, the crowds go absolutely wild and crazy, you know? And I think that if you can hook them with the first part, then you can kind of like, you know, I want to say play with the rest of it, but you can definitely like, if you're very focused and dedicated to doing it after the fact, after you hook them, whether it's, you know, with some type of tomfoolery or whatever, Right. As long as you hook them, then you can continue to do it. Is it the same kind of mindset with with comedy in the sense that you can hook somebody with that first opening joke and then, like, once you know you got them, it's like, I got them. I can lead them where I want them to go, you know? And if I'm Absolutely. leading them one direction, yeah, if I'm leading them one direction, it's like, that ain't working. Oh, you guys are too smart for that. Let me lead you back this way. Is it like that for you? <laughs> Absolutely, man. And uh, a, a lot of, and I'll tell this to a lot of uh comedians out there trying to, that might be in their uh, earlier years um, in stand-up is you definitely want, and what I've learned, you want to start out with you want to start out with a good joke, a joke that you know is going to hit that way it grabs their attention and you know anything you throw in between there is they're either going to trust you or they're not but you always keep that one in your back pocket to bring the energy back up so it's a basically what i've learned and what i've been taught is that um it's all about energy keeping that energy if you bring the energy when you first come in there keep it up if you're not bringing the energy find some way to get it but you're gonna have to get that energy up out of some some way but i know with that crowd at the laughing school man uh what i did uh, is i came out with a i came out with a good hitter and like I said, this this place, their giggle box was so much there. I was trying old shit that I didn't even that I knew didn't work, and it still was working. I was like, you know what, y'all appreciate. Yeah, I fucking love y'all, man. I'm gonna kiss every one of y'all in the mouth, and I told them that too. <laughs> and they probably would have let you too. <laughs> probably. Um, <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna put you on the spot. Right. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Oh. Oh. <clears throat> yeah. You said the Laughing Box was, aside from the comedy catch, one of your favorite places to go and do comedy. I know where this is going. What? One second. What is <laughs> your least favorite? One one place that you go and you hit the jokes that you know they hit everywhere, but these motherfuckers just want to sit on their hands or look on their phone. Ooh. Ooh, oh, yeah. that's a good one. <laughs> I, I, I come with the that shit. That is a good Oh, man. I, ooh, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I was softballing your questions. He finna come at you yeah. with the swerve. <laughs> okay, I like it. Oh, man. He's the relief pitcher. <laughs> He's good cop, bad Let me cop. Think on that one. Oh, man. <laughs> I performed at a lot of places. Shit. Um,. I will say, um, I'll have to say, there's this place in Chattanooga, it's called uh, um, the Camp House, and uh, that's actually where I had my first show at. Um, it's a different crowd. It's a, okay. different, it's a real it's a real different crowd there every time, and uh, like, I can hit these people with, I'm talking the works. I can hit them with the work, sprinkle cheese on it, and put sour cream on top. And they still just like, <laughs> you got more? 
Man. You need to go a little bit more nastier. Or you need to do this. Yeah, it's just like, I'm just like, man, I just hit y'all with the worst. I even put chili on it. I didn't charge you 50 cents extra. <laughs> but <laughs> like, come on. Should've put the ketchup on yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But that place is no longer uh, there anymore. Uh, but it was a it was a little it was a private event place. I always used to get paid to go there though, so that made up for. I've actually opened up for um, some uh, really good name comedians there. Um, Ashima Franklin, who actually performed with Cat Williams on the uh, Cat Williams tour, and uh, also uh, K Dub. He's actually signed with uh, Grand Hustle. He's a T. He, Ti has a uh, he has a comedy group and he's oh, nice. part of that. So um, him, him nice. and the, yeah, the Grand Hustle crew came down, um, and I opened up for those guys. So it was it was nice. It was nice to meet them. They were real good people. We had a good time. Um, they were real like I had to throw my material away when I heard theirs because. Mine wasn't dirty enough for that crowd. It, was, it wasn't dirty <laughs> enough. I, I, I guess I was ready for church, and they was ready for the, the strip club Magic City on uh, <laughs> Sunday. I don't know. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Magic, oh, Magic City's not open on – I didn't think Magic City was open on Sunday. Hey, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What? <laughs> private, uh, private events, maybe, but, hey, I, I don't know. You know, I'm just um, – I don't know. I'm just a, a young Christian man. I don't know anything about that. Stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, oh, so you, well, hold on, time out, time out, time out. So you ain't never been up in Club One, Tweezy? Really? Really? <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, man, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've uh, enjoyed um, God's creatures on, on, on this earth, you know. Um, I, 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 I didn't help support it so Somebody's college fund. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <I> mean, <laughs> that's all we doing is helping a college fund. You know? Oh God, it with a dime bag every now and then. I'm cool with that. Right. <laughs> um, so, are you originally from uh, the Chattanooga area, or were you born somewhere else and moved here? Well, I've uh, I've been between the Chattanooga area, um, also the uh, Northwest Georgia area, and between there and Atlanta. We spent a lot of time in Atlanta when I was younger because we had a family member up there that we was real close with. So I remember a lot of a lot of days in Atlanta. Um, so when I grew up, um, that's why like I perform a lot in Atlanta. So it's because it's been so familiar to me. For so long, it's like a second home. Um, so I do, I do a pretty good percentage of my shows there uh, before the pandemic. But since Atlanta's still kind of shut down right now, uh, they still do a little stand up here and there. Um, it's they're starting to come back slowly. So um, I'll definitely be performing a little bit more there once they get back up and running. But right now, it's a little uh, iffy. Right, right. I understand. But yeah, that. Um, pretty much. Pretty much around this area, uh, okay. between here and because it's all in it's all bunched together. Atlanta, uh, Chattanooga, Northwest Georgia, it's all bunched together. So I mean, literally, um, you we don't even call it out of town. We just say, "Oh, I'm here. I'm there." Right. You know, it's just, 
<laughs> I'm in Atlanta. Right. Some oh, people well, get fancy and be like, oh, I'm going out of town. Oh, uh, I'll let you later. I'm going out of town. Where you going? Oh, I'm just going to Atlanta. Motherfucker, you ain't going out of town. That ain't out of town. <laughs> that ain't no. going next yeah. door. Shut the hell up. Oh. Right. So, yeah. So, my wife, it, well, my wife was born in uh, Jasper, Georgia. Um, oh. and Yeah. So, it's down there. You know, it, it's about maybe halfway between Chattanooga and Atlanta, maybe it's, it's definitely closer to the Atlanta side. Right. So when my when yeah, but someone it's still says, in the middle of no fucking where, it is, it is in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but they asked my wife, they she she says, uh, they say, well, where are you originally from? She goes, well, I'm from Jasper. Oh, Jasper, Tennessee. I know where that is. No, not Jasper, Tennessee. Jasper, Georgia. Where's that at? It's around Canton, Ball Ground, Walking Talking Rock. No. No? Okay, it's around, uh, let's see, Chatsworth. Oh, Atlanta, bitch. I'm from Atlanta, okay? Right. I'm best friends with Usher. <laughs> Amy got so damn frustrated with this woman, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, let me pull you away so you don't have to say or anything like that. Right, right. You know? You have to use some of them moves you taught her. <laughs> oh, no, she taught her any moves I taught her, I'd be dead by now. You know what oh, really? I pissed okay. her off way too many times for her to oh, not to use anything on me, so oh, trust me. Oh, shit! <laughs> hey, y'all don't know, man. She country as fuck. I don't. Oh, I ain't man. made her. I ain't pissed her off to the point to where she'll kill me. But I don't want to take that chance. You know. Right. right. I got a king size bed, motherfucker. I want to sleep in it. Hell yeah. Cold Ooh, <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anyway, chip nose. <laughs> uh, I've been around for a minute. Don't worry. I've been around. Uh, what's the farthest <laughs> you ever traveled to do a show? Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. Um, yeah, Jacksonville, Florida. I actually uh, built a good relationship with the uh, owner of the club out there. Uh, I'm actually due to go back uh, here pretty soon. Um, but Jacksonville, I drove out to Jacksonville, Florida, and, and I'm talking about this probably had to be one of the sexiest stages that I've ever performed on. I mean, it was one of those, like, it had like a runway stage to where it's like, you know, the kind that Justin Bieber be on and he just walked, you like he walked through the crowd and you can touch people and they sit around you and shit and got a table. Almost like, almost like Showtime with the Apollo? Yeah, yeah, it was a real nice stage. Um, so you can basically walk the stage. You can walk out into the crowd a little bit, you know, just interact a lot. So it was it was great. But yeah, Jacksonville so far, that's guy, and that was like six and a half hours, six and a half, seven hours, something like that. Uh, yeah. Then again, hey, but when you're there, you can check out AEW. <laughs> right, right, right. Then again, I cut. I kind of want to say Missouri because, but it wouldn't have been that long. But I got lost on the way there, so it was actually <laughs> a little longer than than I had planned. <laughs> so, man, so man, yeah, I made that trip longer. <laughs> Damn, man. but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a story. Doing in Chicago. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you a story real quick, and you gonna laugh your ass okay. off. Uh, it's about a road okay. trip we took for wrestling. <laughs> oh, knows where come on man you gonna do me like this on the oh, podcast no. come on bro. Oh, this one yeah, ain't you yeah. this one ain't you uh okay we went to this place 
called Gunnersville, Alabama. Bruh. <laughs> we wrestle at this place. It's supposed to be at a church, right? And it's an old okay. filling station that they've converted into a church. The ring. Wow. Yeah. The ring is in a corner. Like directly in the corner where one side of the ring, if you hit the ropes, you hit a cinder block wall. The other side, Damn. if you hit it, you hit a bay door. So you really only got two sides of the ring to work with. It was fucked up. So, yeah. So we get our money. We, we wow. do the show. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, we do the show. We get our money. And uh, we're heading back home. And uh, my buddy Chad, he was driving. We all rode down in his minivan. So uh, he's driving. And I'm like, we all got to work in the okay. morning except for him. So I was like, man, I'm going to catch some some Z's. You know, wake me up when we get close to the house. Right before I doze off, I seen the fucking sign that says Chattanooga this way. Right? And I said, hey. Uh, okay. I think we're supposed to take that exit to go to Chattanooga. He said, man, I asked the dude for directions. He said, just stay on this road and it'll take us right there. I'm like, all right, man, you asked for the directions. You got the directions. You know what the hell you're doing. I go to sleep. I wake up to the bright lights of Huntsville, Alabama. <laughs> and I'm like, hold what on, man. The... You Man, tell me I'm dreaming. We not in Huntsville, are we? He was like, yeah, man, I think we in Huntsville. I was like, man, I thought you said you asked for directions. He said, I did. They told me to stay on this road. I said, I bet they told you to stay on this road till you seen that fucking sign we seen two hours back that <laughs> way. <laughs> I said, that no, no, that ain't the worst of it. That I said, man, pull into this gas station. I'm going to go ask for directions. So he whips in. Now, mind you, we all still got wrestling gear on. We didn't change. We just jumped oh. in the car to come home. So right. we whip into this gas station and I go in and there's an Arabic dude behind the counter. And I said, hey, man, we're lost. I need to get to Chattanooga. How do I get there? He said, you want Chattanooga? You go California. <laughs> I said, oh. I said, no, man, I don't think you understand me. I need to go to Chattanooga, Tennessee. I'm not trying to go to California. I need to get to Chattanooga, Tennessee. And he gets a little frustrated with me. He said, you want Chattanooga? You go California. You go California. And I'm like, but I'm looking at this motherfucker like, I know there's a language barrier here, but uh, I'm pretty clear that I said Chattanooga. So I asked him again. I was like, man, look, it's been a long night. I just now I'm trying to get home. I need to get to Chattanooga. Can you tell me how to get there or not? This motherfucker comes out from behind the counter. And I'm like, man, I'm going to have to fight this motherfucker over some directions. He grabs me by the hand, oh escorts God. me out. And walks the this motherfucker grabs me by the hand and escorts me out of the store. Turns me around. Like you would do with your fucking kid. At, 
Yes, and points at a street sign. He said, you want Tattanooga? You go California. It was fucking California Avenue, bro. Man. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Oh, man. Man, I was so mad. I was so mad. I was like, shit, man. Man, I'm yelling at everyone. I'm getting a goddamn car. We going the fuck home. I'm driving. Where's the key? Man, we hop in, we hop in the van and we go down this road and we probably three, four miles down the road and I see another gas station. I said, I'm whipping into this motherfucker. Somebody gonna give me some accurate directions. I whip mm-hmm. in and there's a Hell black yeah. dude sitting outside drinking a 40. And uh I jump out and I'm like True. 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 Candy guy. True. I know. I bummed the menthol cigarette from him. I know. <laughs> man, I jumped out and I was like, hey, man. I was like, hey, man, I'm lost like a motherfucker. I'm trying to get a shot in the dark. And I stopped at a gas station down the road. He said, was it one of them Arabic motherfuckers? I said, yeah. He said, man, they don't know shit. What you want to do is get on this road go up about two pieces and you'll see a sign that says 24 East. You want to get on that and stay on that till you get to Chattanooga. I said, man, that's the best goddamn directions anybody done give me tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, wait. Chip, love you, bro, but there's one more story you got to tell him. Shit, which There's one? one more story that you got to tell him. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's the story of you and our boys Dion and Jay coming back from North Carolina. You got to tell that story. Alex, you are going to shit a brick. And scene. All right. So I, I got to set the scene with, do you remember when McDonald's had Mighty Wings? Oh, yeah. Dim shits was the bomb, right? Sure was. All right. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> me, uh, my boy Dion, my boy Joey, uh, Joey's wife, my wife, we jump in the car and we go to Myrtle Beach for a wrestling show. <laughs> Nine-hour drive, right? Okay. <clears throat> Man, we get there. We have a blast at this show. My boy Joey ain't never seen the ocean a, a day in his life. So I was like, man, shit, we 30 minutes from the ocean. I got to take you. So we go to the ocean. <clears throat> we do a little swimming trip. Boom. Jump in the car. Heading home. Everybody hungry. So he's like, shit, McDonald's got them mighty wings. Let's go ahead and whip in and get some mighty wings. So we each get like a 20 piece. Yeah, yeah. We each get like a 20 piece. And we, we fucking down these motherfuckers. <clears throat> We hit the road, and we about 30 minutes down the road. Man, tummy started rumbling. Shit, got to take a shit. So we whip off, hop, take a shit, boom, jump back in the car. And this happens every 30 minutes like clockwork. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I don't know what was in these wings, but they fucked us up. So, Oh, my God. Yes, bro. So we hit this one gas station it's a truck stop boom it's got three stalls two urinals three stalls there's three of us 
So I go all the way to the end. Boom. Lock the door. Do my business. Joey goes in the middle. Dion goes in the first one. All of a sudden, we we in there, and all you hear, I mean, it's bad. All of a sudden, you hear the door open. <laughs> you hear the door open, and then you hear a rattle on Dion's door. And he's like, occupied. They go to the next one, rattle Joey's door. Joey says, occupied. They come to mind, rattle the door occupied they go back to Dion's they rattle that motherfucker again go back to Joey's rattle his come back to mine rattle mine and then all of a sudden out of nowhere you hear well they're all occupied should I just blow you right here or what <laughs> oh ho, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh man bro that it, is some shit there it's dead quiet <laughs> that shit happens and it's dead quiet <laughs> and all of a sudden Joey starts busting out laughing and, and it's one of them guttural laughs and then all of a sudden in the middle of this guttural laugh you hear the the doo doo like hit the, the water and you hear bro two dudes I don't know if they did their thing or what but they leave we finish our business wash our hands we walk out the back room and you know in in truck stops a lot of times they have like a restaurant in there so you can get some food or whatnot, uh-huh. right? This one the, in right. particular had a Dairy Queen in it. We walk out and we see these two motherfuckers sharing an ice cream cone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> we walk out. <laughs> we walk outside. We find the girls. We like get in the car. We got to get in the fucking car. We got to go now. And they're like. Yo, what's going on what's going on so we you trying to get them in the car while telling the story and the two dudes walk past us while we're telling the story and we just fall out <laughs> laughing again and they're looking at us like <laughs> like y'all was the motherfuckers in there while we was trying to get our business on <laughs> they was trying to get their business on too bro right <laughs> <laughs> Hey, those those road trip stories are something else, man. I'm telling you. All right. Hey, with that being said, you got a funny road trip story for us? Um, ooh. Well. You stay without incriminating somebody? Um. (laughs) For yourself? Let me, uh. Uh. Yeah, I got, I got a couple, um. Got a couple that'll be, uh, I guess, PG thirteen. Oh, they don't have to be PG thirteen, bro. Just as long as uh, it's rated R podcast, bro. <laughs> I like that. I like that, man. Just as long as you are comfortable with telling the story, it you can you can put it out there. 
Uh, it's, been a, it's been a lot of different crazy things. Uh, I was passing through Kentucky, um, and I didn't realize in Kentucky there's literally nothing. I mean, Kentucky. you can drive cornfield. You, you can drive for miles and miles, and it's just farmland. So Darn. I, I, yeah, I, I failed to get gas. So here I am in the middle of the night. Um, I was actually taking when my daughter was younger. Um, her um, uh, her, her uh, it was kind of a crazy situation. I was taking a newborn like all the way uh, up to Missouri, and I had to go through Kentucky. Didn't get gas, but I was thinking, surely there'll be a, a gas station. I, out of all these cows and chickens that I see, there will be at least a gas station and a Dollar General. I can at least count on those two things. Right. Boy, you was wrong. So wrong. I'm so wrong. So wrong. I can at least count on these two things being in the middle of the country because I'm from the country, so I know how it is. So, right. no, nah, man. Did you, uh, when you stopped in Kentucky, did any of the locals call it Kentucky? That's validation. That's validation. Somebody else heard that shit besides you. I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. Yeah, we had. I, I'm. I, we already said it on the on the uh, on the hauntings of Kentucky, but I'll say it here. Uh, me and Chip uh, drove up to uh, Evansville, Indiana. We were going to Evansville, Indiana, and okay. we made a stop. And we when we stopped off in uh, Grand Rivers, Kentucky, to get gas and energy drinks and cigarettes back when we smoked. So we ended up going and take a bet with you. I'll walk into this gas station. If I can make this lady say King Turkey, then you owe me an energy drink and a pack of cigarettes. He's like, bet. <laughs> so so we end up going to this gas station. We pull off on Grand Rivers, Kentucky. Um, we end up going into the gas station. He followed in right behind me, and I was, and I intentionally said uh, Kentucky wrong to this lady. I'm like, excuse me, ma'am, uh, what part of King Turkey are we in? She goes, I'm sorry, sweetie. What did you say? I was like, what part of King Turkey are we in? She goes, honey, it's not King Turkey. He's King Turkey. <laughs> she turned around and walked out the walked out the gas station, started busting out laughing, and she goes, "What's wrong with him?" I'm like, "Man, we've been driving for a long, long time. Uh, we've been driving since about six this morning." So yeah, so, um, and then I got in the car with him, and he just looked. Chip was staring at me for like for the longest time. I'm like, "Why are you stand staring at me?" He goes, "If I didn't hear it with my own ears, I wouldn't fucking believe it." <laughs> that was a fun story. Yeah. So. Oh, Kentucky. Team uh, Turkey. <laughs> no, no, a couple guys from Kentucky, uh, comedians. I've got the pleasure of performing with them, man. Some great, some really good comedians out in Kentucky, man. It really is. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. They, they, they um, good go ahead, Chip. I'm sorry. Kentucky too. Ricochet. He's, he's, he's the he's the biggest one that came out of Kentucky. Yeah. Him yeah, and uh. So. Him and uh, uh. Chuck Taylor. Yeah, hey, Chucky e. T. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you said you was a big wrestling fan. Um, do you watch any of? You said you. I don't know if you said you watch the modern product. Is there any uh, wrestler that you fuck with right now in terms of like someone who you just enjoy watching? Oh, uh, I'm still an old schooler, man. So like, I'll pay attention for when like somebody from old school's coming back, like somebody like Edge or The Rock when he makes his little appearances every now and then. I'm an Undertaker fan. Love Triple H. I love all the older guys, really, man. So um, now, as far as newer, the newest that it goes for me is probably John Cena. Um, uh, what's that? Uh, I don't guess they're Roman Reigns. I guess you know those guys. I like those guys. Uh, what, were, what was that group called? They had a group. The you talking about the shield? Used to come out of the crowd, the shield, yeah, yeah the yeah. shield used to come out of the crowd. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, they were assholes, and everybody loved it. <laughs> everybody loved the assholes. That's how yep. I keep getting a girlfriend. So I don't know. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, fuck them assholes. <laughs> anyway, literally. Anyway, um, yeah. So hey, hey now. <laughs> All right, but uh. <laughs> Um, we had said earlier on in the episode where we had talked about doing, uh, going, we were going to go to uh, the Undisputed event that took place. We were going to, because I knew you had went there. Um, right. how big into the battle rap culture are you? Oh, I'm glad you asked, man. I'm a huge fan. I've always been a fan. I actually did a little, I dabbled in a little battle rap before I became a comedian. Um, but it wasn't nothing like I didn't join a league or nothing. It was just basically a couple friends getting together and, you know, just rapping against each other. A couple homies spitting bars, you know? Yeah, just a couple homies spitting bars. That's all it was. It wasn't nothing to quit my day job about. But right. um, always been a fan of the culture. Smash URL. I support locals. Um, actually, um, I was in talks with this league in particular before the pandemic, we were talking about combining um, their shows with comedy, which, of course, it is a art form of the comedic community as well. But we were talking about maybe, maybe me cutting up a few jokes in between sets or something like that between rounds. Uh, but that's one thing that uh, uh, I talked to this particular league about. Um, so right. I've just been a fan of this league, uh, Ben. Uh, is the guy that runs it. Uh, it's called Finish Your Food. It's run through him. They have yeah. they have pretty good battles. I mean, I'm telling you, man, yesterday, a, a lot of people um, didn't get the battle that was supposed to battle, but it still was a good battle, man. I mean, it's still those guys. It's, it's great to just see other art forms, you know, because we're artists ourselves. Oh, yeah. I'm an artist in the comedic world. You guys are artists. At what you guys do in wrestling, podcasting, whatever you do, it's an art form. And you're just expressing that art form to the world. You know, I, I support it, man. I support all different art forms. What people do, if that's what you love to do, do it, man. We're, we ain't getting no younger. It's, no, it's we ain't. Time to do it before, it before it's too late, you know. So that's why I, I like to grind so hard in the comedy world because... Uh, we never know when it's our last breath. You want to leave it all on the table. 
Amen to that, man. It's been a long, uh, long, yeah. (laughs) Go ahead, Chip. I ended up uh, watching Smack Volume 6 last night. Oh! uh, Oh, yeah. I still ain't got a chance to watch it yet. (laughs) Man, it was, uh, one battle got uh, canceled, T-Top and uh, Easy. Uh, that got canceled, uh, and I can't remember why. I don't know if something came up, and uh, I think T Top wasn't able to make it. So he pulled Calico. That uh, that battle didn't <laughs> happen, but uh, man, it, it was some some shockers on there. Uh, I never thought that Pat Stay would have got thirtied uh, by K Shine. I thought Pat Stay would have at least. Yeah, bro. I thought I thought Stay would have at Here least one. Um, but man, he got 30. Uh, Geechee uh, Goods was amazing. Uh, I thought, uh, Arson Jerry West was good. Jerry, Jerry really stepped his game up. Uh, he did. <laughs> man, it, it just. Who were some of your, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, I'm sorry. Who's some of your favorites to watch right now? Uh, I'm a. I'm a big Arsenal fan. I've always been an Arsenal fan. Um, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. He's always been a favorite of mine. Uh, Elliot Nash, he's a, he's a favorite of mine. I used to watch him when I was younger. When he was In the grind time band. days? Yeah, making the band <laughs> with uh, Diddy. Uh, <laughs> when he made them, uh, them walk to get cheesecake. Yeah, I was... Yeah. Did you see the battle? Man. Did you see the battle between him and Thesaurus at uh, the Massacre Four? Yeah. yeah. When he was like, he's like, so I'm. A, he said, I'm a walking piece of cheesecake. But if, it, if that's the case, he's talking reckless because if I'm a walking piece of cheesecake, how far do you have to walk to get this? I was like, bro. <laughs> no, like you had talked about. You had talked about Ars. Uh, one of my favorite bars that he ever said was a bar that he had against Shoddy Horror. Do you remember the, the first battle between him and Shoddy Horror? Oh, man. That one of the stuff. coldest, the coldest fucking bar I've ever heard anybody say. When he sat there and said, I'm glad your uncle's dead fathead. He was nothing more than a knucklehead crackhead with a face full of ringworms and head full of blackheads. Deserved to get killed in that crossfire with that max spread. And if God ever gave him a second chance at life, I wish him back dead. Yeah, dude, yeah, I fell out yeah, of the fucking floor. Yeah. I was like, How the yeah. fuck are you not punching this motherfucker yeah. in his face oh, for yeah. saying that shit? Oh, yeah. Like, how far did somebody have to? Like, and I will admit, like, ours has said some foul shit to some to, to some people, like some foul shit, you know. But for me personally, like. I understand that it's a it, it it's you you are lyrically trying to kill somebody you know what I'm right. saying lyrically speaking you know um that's why some of my favorites are like ours um I'm 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 a fan of Geechee I think Geechee Gotti's probably one of the best up and comers I don't even really think he's an up and comer anymore I think he's I think he's arrived you know I think he's here now you know especially with the battle that he had against Averb um I want to say I'm was A-verb it fan. Mm-hmm. yeah I'm a big fan of Averb too. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I got I got some demon eyes looking at me right now. Hi. I think I woke the kids up. Yeah, I bet you need to wake the kids up. Yeah, because oh, yeah. I'm laughing so loud in here. You gonna get a whipping? I am gonna get a whipping. 
She go hey, she gonna hit you with a uh, pedigree as soon as you get off. <laughs> Kick you in the balls. Go ahead. Hey, hey, you need to go ahead and get that on film. <laughs> That'll sell merch right there. Yeah, yeah, it will. So, so what uh, do you you guys have a specific finishing move? Uh, that you guys have together, like the Dugly Boys or something, you know what I'm saying? No, no tag team will ever have a move that is like the Dugly Boys, man. You got me. So, do you guys have something y'all coordinate together when y'all doing y'all thing and it's all hyped up? We we do. Uh, our finish, uh, we call it the purge. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I have the guy up on my shoulder like a running bulldog. Talon comes in Ooh. with a drop kick to the back of the head. I slam him down on the mat. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, and then we also have another one. We have another one because we're both comic book geeks. We also have a, a move called the Death Stroke, uh, where Chip would hook him for a Russian leg sweep. I come in with the lung blower, boom, and as soon as I hit the lung blower, I push him off into a Russian leg sweep. Oh. Yeah, we got, and then we, we got, got another one. Yeah. We had another one called Face Off. It's where Chip would give somebody a backbreaker, and then I would hit the ropes and come back and then flip over the person grabbing their head at the same time into a cutter. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the yeah. visual of it, it looks like you're rip, ripping the guy's face off. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll send, we can send you a video. Matter of fact, if we, knew, if we knew how to edit shit, we would just cut it, splice it, put the video in, and then take it back. I'm, right. I'm not That's that, I'm not that talented <laughs> yet. I'm working on it, though. <laughs> We're working on it. We are working on it. We are working on it. Oh, uh, we'll um, see you guys sometime. <laughs> absolutely. Um, breaks. Uh, so you said you've been uh, doing stand-up comedy for what about four years now? Almost. It'll be four years in March. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what would you say is the biggest moment you've had as a stand-up comedian? Um. Well, besides like opening up for uh, the people that I've opened up for so far, I'd say probably the biggest moment for me um, that gave me the most comedic bliss was um, I got to host uh, this year. I got to host my first comedy show, and it was I was just stoked. Um, that's a big step in a comedian's career when they get to host a set full of other talented comedians so uh i would say that's a big that was a big milestone that i was able to cross i was able to host several different comedy shows i even hosted the secret comedy show that uh, also got advertised on news channel nine uh several nice. times um that was probably about a month ago okay uh, when we did those and uh what, what the secret was what, what caught everybody's attention is that we didn't reveal the location until 24 hours beforehand. So if you bought your ticket, you basically bought it blindly, not knowing where you're going to be, you know. And I had some people hit me up like, hey, can, can you just let me know where it's going to be? Y'all ain't going to be in the hood or nothing, are y'all? <laughs> I was like, uh, come on, trust me. I mean, I mean, if we are in the hood, at least you'll be laughing. No bullets will be flying. That's Everybody's right. Everybody's too, too laughing. We're going to be in the hood. Yeah, just don't get on just, just don't get on stage wearing the wrong color. It's like, hey, this is the only shirt I had, man. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> right. Just don't throw up gang signs and we're all good. <laughs> right. 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 Oh but yeah, that, that would be that would be that. That's awesome. Yeah, I get that Absolutely. question all the time because I uh, I run a, a youth a, a pro wrestling youth re- outreach program, uh, <clears throat> and everything. And uh, okay, yeah, and people uh, are kind of iffy sometimes because of where I hold the show at. I mean, we're right in the middle of uh-huh. we're right in the middle of East Chat on the corner of Glass and Chamberlain. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's I mean, but that's that's the neighborhood I grew up in. That's the the neighborhood okay. that I want to give back to. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I, you know, I started this this program uh, over ten years ago um, just to kind of show the kids that there's more than life on the streets. Uh, so okay. we. You know, we we hit them with a little wrestling program uh, on on Fridays and invite them to church on Sunday. Yep, man. I've met I, I've met several people like after the show and stuff like that. Like you after the show, you'd have to help tear the ring down and things like that. But I would see some fans like very first time there. You know, saying like, "Man, I was gonna go, you know, do something else," and then I seen this, you know, show. And they would say, like, oh, man, like, you're one of my favorites not man. Or, you know, you helped me get through some shit, you know. And then they, right. you know, they end up going to the church. And it, it does make you feel good that you you help somebody's day. You know, you help right. somebody, you know, actually. <laughs> Sorry, my, my daughter's pulling on my leg. <laughs> hey, baby. Right. And I get that a lot out of comedy, too, man. Because uh, you never know what somebody's going through. Um, right. Somebody could be didn't have the shittiest day i had one person man they literally walked up to me it was like man my mom died my dad died and my sister died but you know i really had a good time tonight at the comedy show um and i, I got my leg blew off in vietnam i said oh my god um yeah uh appreciate you coming so really you really never know what people are going through um so just to you never know if you touch them by, you know, coming to you guys wrestle matches or, you know, just being around the entertainment. People like that entertainment can just bring them up, bring the spirits up. So I get that. Exactly. Um, and the wrestling ring, is it, I've always wanted to know this. Like, does it like, is it like the floor when you fall on it? Is it like real hard? Without giving up y'all's like secret, you know, does okay. it like. So it hurts. There is no secret. Here's the secret. Uh, and if you ever want to come and look, I, I own my own ring, and I'll I'll be glad to show it to you. The secret is it's a metal frame with two by sixes on top of that with about that much carpet padding and a canvas. That's it. There's no That's spring, it. no mattress. It's not a trampoline. No, it's nothing like that. No microphone underneath the ring to what? enhance the sound. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's hardcore, bro. It really is. I mean, it's bare bones. You know, where how most, you know, most companies, like, people automatically look at WWE and it's like, oh, you know, WWE has, like, you've seen, like, I'm sure time-lapse videos of them, like, putting together the ring, things like that. Like, right. I've literally, like, I watched a video, like, literally watched a video of them doing, um, setting up the ring. And the video, the video lasted 30 seconds of them setting the ring up. 
And then when you realize, wait a minute, why did it take like so little time? Because I mean, you can set up a ring, you know, normally it takes a whole lot longer. No, these guys have been so trained to set up rings. They can literally put up a WWE official WWE ring, set it up, tapered off everything in less than five minutes. Like wow, they are that efficient shit. with it. Wow. They are that efficient with it. Yeah. Um, we used to set up the ring uh, every show. Chips ring, chips ring to set up when it's just me, him, and a handful of other people who actually helped out. It, when, when we don't bullshit, it probably takes about maybe thirty minutes to set up. Um, but most of the time we're bullshit, so it takes an hour and a half. <laughs> um, you know, because I mean that's what we do. We just bullshit. Whenever you get together, it's gonna be fun. You know, whenever you're, you know, anytime. Um, is that the way it is in the com- in the comedic world? Is it the camaraderie that you have with a lot of different comedians, and it and it's it it it's like man i gotta work on this joke man i really gotta work on this joke man y'all stop fucking with me man i gotta work on this joke you know and then then that becomes the joke you know uh like that does anything like that happen absolutely man it's great camaraderie and uh in, in the comedy world man around this area i have a lot of different guys man like we even sometimes we actually hold a basically a study group for comedians where we get together with our joke book and we just bounce off ideas. We'll be like, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? We'll bring an old joke. Hey, give me advice on how I should spice this sauce up a little bit, you know? So it's, it's great that we're able to do that and be confident in our ability enough. And you don't got to worry about nothing. I mean, it's, it's great, man, that everybody's like willing to give feedback on everything. So it's no. Now, does that become dangerous waters in a sense? And the reason I ask that question is because there have been some comedians. Uh, the most notable one has been Carlos Mencia, where he would legitimately steal people's material, and that he would do he would do like if he knew the next person's if he knew the the next per the next person who's coming on stage if he knew his closing bit he would do their closing bit before he brought them up on stage. You know, um, is it? You know, because obviously stealing jokes, especially when it's like original material, it's a big, big no-no in the comedy world. Um, have you ever experienced anything like that where it's like you heard a joke and then instantly you're thinking to yourself, I've heard that joke before. Where have I heard that joke before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of times that you hear jokes and you're like, I've definitely heard that. I can't pinpoint it, but I've heard that. But as right. far as like around here... We don't have that problem around here, really, man. And uh, that I've seen so far, like everybody pretty much uh, likes to hone their craft and um, likes to go around their life or whatever, or the situation might be. And because it feels better, because we all have an understanding on it, it feels better to have to create your own art. I don't want to go steal a Picasso painting and be like, Man, I did that myself. It would it would not make me feel any good about myself knowing that I stole it from somebody else. So uh, a lot of us are, and a lot of us have that same mind frame. We're just like, you know, hey, we create our own stuff. We applaud each other when we're when somebody's on fire, and if they're not on fire, we we instead of like kicking the brother while he's down. There's people that are actually offering like, hey, ways to, hey, this is where you can spice this joke up. Hey, this is a, it's just an idea on how you can spice this or that joke up. Or maybe yeah. you can say this or that here first. 
Right. So it's still sharpening steel pretty much. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was going to ask, uh, do, do you ever just sit around and think of different ways to tell the same joke? You know, that way, like, you know, it's a good joke, but you're like, man, I can't keep telling it this exact same way. How's a different way I can tell this joke? Happens all the time. Actually, it happens. Man, I got a joke that I wrote literally the first year I ever did stand up that I literally just brought back and revived. I just added some stuff that I thought would spice it up. And it actually worked. Um, sometimes you'll bring old jokes and revive them. Sometimes you'll take a new joke and... Uh, I've, what I've done also before, I've took a new joke and added some of the old stuff in with it and made it more modern for today. And it, it works. So really what I like to do, cause sometimes I don't like to say writer's block. So I still like to jog my mind when that happens. So what I'll do is I'll work on older stuff, you know, instead of trying to create something new. Hey, how can I spice this or that joke up? Or how can I, you know, add a little more or take a little less from this or that joke? So just looking at ways to, you know, work on the material I got or bring something back and revive it. Because I've had a joke before that bombed and I knew it sucked. But I went back and I put a lot of spice in the sauce and, and it revived it up and it brought it back to life. So it, it happens. It's part of it's part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember the one um, thing that, um, again, we're going back. We're going to talk about a lot about Luke Martyr on this one because Luke was a mentor of mine in a sense. Okay. He uh, he always I, I did this one bit where I talked about how I met my how when I first met my wife and I met my wife on MySpace. And then some, I heard somebody was like, well, I was like, okay, you millennials look confused. MySpace, you know, going into that whole deal. But then it kind of was like, wait a second. Technically, if you want to go by that logic, I'm I'm basically in that same category of as a millennial or whatever. So, you know, then that's when I had to change up to say, like, oh, me and my wife met on MySpace. And then it's like, look at all the millennials in here. Like, oh, that's old school right there. Like, I had to change it up because it was, you know, different, you know. Um, and then that was into the LimeWire, Napster, all this different shit, you know, um, and different things like that. So you have to reinvent the wheel if, in a sense. And, and, and it's it's like that, not just for not just for stand up or not just, you know, because, I mean, even now in a sense of professional wrestling, like I'm fixing to make my return here in a couple of weeks, but I'm not going to do the same thing that I was doing because then it's like it's the same old talent. You know, you're not going to. Okay bring any more new eyes to this you know new person because it's just the same old person you got to bring something new to the table whenever you're coming back in a sense reinventing yourself so is it like every time you go on stage is it you constantly reinventing yourself absolutely you you definitely want to uh be better than you were before because in the comedy business it's basically what have you done for me lately you know i mean a lot of people were talking about the whole kevin hart new stand up not being that funny um and then they're criticizing about that because it's a it's a like i said it's a what have you done for me lately yeah the jokes you told or may have told before at a certain show when people were there might have been hilarious but a lot of people are holding you accountable for okay if i come again or if i'm coming today to see you are you going to be either as funny or funnier than you were before? 
So, right. yeah, definitely reinventing yourself each time. And there's nothing wrong with that at all, man, because you want to, you want to, it's kind of like um, a lot of these, you got a lot of 40 year old rappers out here. All they've done is just reinvented themselves to make their sound sound a little bit more newer to keep their fan base um, fresh. And you, you got to go with the times. It's part of it in a lot of different scenarios, like you said. Even in you guys' world, man, you know, people are like, hey, I don't want to see the same old chipper talent. You know, I want to, let's see if he can bring something, bring something new to the table that we ain't seen before, something that can get us back intrigued again. So, right. yeah, absolutely. I get it. Yep. Go ahead, Chip. Uh, I, I was going to say, uh, <clears throat> looking at maybe wrapping this up here in the next few minutes, um, what. If you don't want to answer this question, uh, because it might take away from uh, a set or whatnot, uh, that's fine. Uh, but I was just sitting here wondering, listening to you talk, what is the your favorite joke that you've ever told? Oh, that's a good one. Uh. I got a couple of one that I was really, really proud of. I'll say, oh, cause that could be, oh, there's an old one that I'm real proud of. But then again, there's a new one that I'm really proud of. Cause I used to be a wrestling, like I said, I used to be a huge wrestling fan. And, Tell both of them. Uh, Tell both of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't want to give away for the sake cause I'm still using that one. Okay. Um, but, but, okay, um, well, tell the one that you tell the one that you're not currently using in a set. Okay, okay. So there's this one. Uh, again, damn it, Bill Cosby. That's all I can <laughs> say. Damn it, Bill Cosby. Um, <laughs> but it's a does the joke, joke about does Bill the joke Cosby involve Rohypnol? The joke basically pokes fun at. Bill Cosby and kind of what he did hmm. and uh, it's kind of it was actually one of my first jokes that hit to where I was like okay hey your pensmanship might not be that bad <laughs> <laughs> All so, right, right. Um, I basically tell a story where I tell a story about my dad getting raised and we ended up going uh, from like a hood all black school to like an all white Catholic school. And I said, can you imagine the vibe in the room on my first day? You would have thought Bill Cosby was a special guest at a bring your own booze sorority party. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I, oh. I dig it. I love it. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it so oh, much. Yeah, that, that, that's one of my older ones that when I wrote that, I was like, okay, your pensmanship might be pretty decent. So I've always <laughs> been proud of that one. It's yep. retired right now. Uh, but, you know, it's something that I keep in my back pocket for a rainy, rainy day. If I went somewhere I've never been before, and it's like for a starter joke, I'll throw that out there. But it's been a while. 
Uh, right. What what goals do you have for uh, the upcoming year, 2021 coming up? Uh, what what goals do, do you have as a stand-up comedian? Um, go harder than I did before. Um, I want to do a little bit more work at the Comedy Catch. Uh, I've been... Let's see. Let me let me let me word everything correctly. Um, I love the comedy catch, man. I do. I love the comedy yep. catch. I love uh, Bridget. She she does a lot to help me. Um, I would like to do a little bit more shows there, man. As far as like on the weekends, I'd like to do some feature work there, or maybe some hosting. Um, whatever the case may be. That's always been a goal of mine, and I'm getting real close to it. Um, getting real close to that goal. Um, but an overall goal would be is to just keep finding the funny, man. I just keep writing, keep getting being a better writer, uh, trying to be the best comedian, person, father, all the above that I can be, man. That's what 2020 is, I hope, brings for me. It's just to be a better all-around person right. uh, that uh, I can be. Right. Hey, one one more quick question, though. Um, <clears throat> and I noticed that <clears throat> we live in a day and age where cancel culture is a big thing. We live in a day and age where you have to be – it's almost as if comedians, stand-up comics – have to be very, very leery of what they can talk about and what they can't talk about on stage. Um, do you feel that pressure more so today in today's climate as opposed to previous climates before as you know you got into the business? Is it worse now than it's ever been before in terms of, you know, certain jokes you can't say because you don't want to offend a certain demographic of people or a certain, you know, you know, political candidate, you know, fan base or whatever. Like, is it is it more difficult today to come up with creative material that basically could make everybody laugh as opposed to, like, you know, distancing, you know, yourself from other people? Absolutely, man. And uh, and I'm going to take, take you to an experience of mine. I competed in the World Series of Comedy, which is basically like a playoff for, like, comedians. I performed at the yeah. World Series of Comedy one time, and I did – I did pretty decent. Um, the judge told me one thing. He said, uh, I went a little bit, oh God, I went a little bit out there with my jokes. I mean, out like I could see my mom cringing if she was there, but she wasn't. But uh, right. yeah, yeah, it was uh, It was pretty wild. I went out there um, a little bit more dirtier than I usually go, but I was trying some stuff out. And uh the judge told me, he said, putting yourself out there like that is okay only if you have your own special and your audience is catered to that. Because if not, you can risk the chance of offending somebody and not really realizing you've done it or not try to, but you just used it, you know, and didn't really understand your audience first so that's something that i take into consideration um when i'm writing because there are some jokes i do have a whole garbage can full of uh, wadded up paper 
it happens. I mean, I have some shit I threw away, some shit that I have ready, but I'm like, uh, should I do it or should I not? So, you know, I'm real big on trying not to offend anybody because in my business, I'm trying to get, because if you like me, you're going to come back. You're going to tell your friends, you're going to, you know, put me out there um, for my art form, which is what we want, right? We want people right. to enjoy our art form enough to where they tell friends about it, like a mom and pop store, you know, word of mouth is the best uh, thing that gets people to uh, motivate us to support different art forms. I mean, you know, let's say if you weren't a fan, let's say if somebody wasn't a fan of wrestling, I would be more open. Let's say if I wasn't a fan of wrestling, I would be more open to my one of my friends, one of my homies coming up to me and be like, hey, you should come check this match out. These guys are really good. Even if I didn't like wrestling, just because my friend came to me and was like, hey, I've watched these guys. They're good. Let's go check it out. That part of that word of mouth is going to make me come and be more prone to support that different art form and be more open to it. So um, I do. And then with bad experiences, like shit, somebody fucks up on what's that one? If there's a saying that you only, people will only tell the other person if they had a bad experience and not a good experience. Exactly. 100%. You know, exactly. <laughs> they'll spread the word on a bad experience quicker than they will good. Yeah. Because, yeah, <laughs> it, it goes back to the old saying. I mean, we, and I've said it before, Chip said it before too. You can do a million things right. No one gives a fuck. You fuck up one time, they'll never let you forget it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fucked up. But that's the way the world works. <laughs> right. Right. Yep. So yeah, I'm man. trying to keep it balanced on my end, you know? Yeah. So. The yin and the yang, if you will. Yep. Right. It's, Absolutely. Uh, we, have, we have this saying over here at Movement Radio. It's uh, stay consistent and keep grinding because it's all God's plan. Okay. Ooh. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's that's where. That's, Let's say, what you drinking on? <laughs> uh, me, uh, a little beer, man. I'm a beer drinker, man. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, drinking on a Natty Daddy. Natty oh, Daddy. Oh, God. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh God, Maddie! I, oh my God! <laughs> rather drink. I'd rather drink. I'd rather drink bull piss than drink fucking Maddie ice. Me too, but that was all in the fridge, so <laughs> everything must go. <laughs> right. Oh, crazy, crazy. Yeah, man. Uh, you got anything coming up uh, in the next? month what, what you got coming up in the next month um uh, here next month um i actually excited i got some uh projects coming in atlanta um probably be participating in the competition uh next month got some more big out of town things coming um possibly gonna be doing some um I potentially got a uh, my first feature spot coming up um, out of town. Oh yeah, um, here in the next three months. Um, uh, I want my people to be on the lookout for that. That's some. Um, that's a big milestone. So I, I'm looking at a lot of milestones for my comedy career coming up for 2021. So nice. I'm looking at it to be a, a bigger year than it was last year or this year. <laughs> 
where, absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Where do you have a um, a web page, uh, anything where people can go and and follow uh, AC Hutchison? Yeah, I'm on uh, I'm on YouTube, Alex AC Comedy. Uh, start looking for skits. About to start putting some skits out. About to link up with my boy Big Green. We're about to put some stuff out. Shout out to you, Benny. Yeah, shout out to Ben Green. He's a mastermind uh, he is. behind the camera. So uh, we're going to link up. We're going to do some skits. I'm going to be putting some more skits. Just doing some more. Look for more comedic shit out of me. I know it's been, uh, I had a little hiatus for a little bit. Had some life shit going on. You know, that's how it is. But it's time to bring back the funny and, and bring in a fucking abundance of that shit. I mean, I'm trying to jam it down your throat. I mean, I don't care with no regard. So right. Laughter um, right. is the best medicine, right? Right. And laughter is the best medicine. You can catch me also on Facebook, Alex AC Comedy. You can like my page. I also post my dates there on where I will be. Um, uh, Instagram, Alex AC Hutch. You can catch me on Snapchat, Bubonic Sonic, and Bubonic Sonic. <laughs> I love what? it. I fucking love it. <laughs> Bubonic Sonic. <laughs> yes, I fucking love it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yes. Bubonic <laughs> What's next? Corona Cordova? I mean, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yes. Oh, shit. What about oh, Black yeah. Plague White Dreads? I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, All right, bro. Yeah. I cannot thank you enough. Your, uh, AC, for, uh, yeah. Send me all of your your links: uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Absolutely. Twitter, uh, Snapchat, Venmo, Cash App, whatever. Send it to me. <laughs> uh, we'll put it in the the description. That way, people can okay. They'll have everything they need to find you. Absolutely, I appreciate yeah. you guys for having me. I support the movement. All. Yeah fans anybody follow me support the movement these are my guys chip and talent i cannot bro i cannot thank you enough for doing this for us bro i mean i've been i've been i've been wanting to get you on for a minute you know like because we 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 had yeah we go back like we i've been we've been trying to get guests on for a minute though Like, like the first time we did an evening with was with our buddy brad cash and it was like eight hours long so we had to condense it down to four episodes right, right. uh and then, and then the guy who uh we've been friends with for a very long very long time my, my personal trainer sean thompson we did a four-hour episode with him and you um i think you're no, your fourth episode because we uh our, our buddy roger sierra who's also another member of the movement on movement okay. radio he um has helped us out with a buddy of us so you're the fourth uh person who has done this uh oh yeah uh this uh particular segment of the podcast so again bro Thank you so much for doing it for us, man. Hey, appreciate you, know. you guys, bro. Man, the yeah, man. Thank you so honestly, much for the support, man. And hey, uh, Talon has, <laughs> uh, man. He's he's talked you up, and uh, 
Man, he he didn't miss. Uh, man, you, you funny, yes, sir. Funny as hell, yes, sir. Uh, man, I I, I just I personally, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, Talent and I say this all the time. You know, we've come a long way from uh, two local Chattanooga guys that, I mean, we didn't know shit about anything a year and a half ago, and uh, now we're you know 125 episodes in and gaining traction yes sir uh to y'all man appreciate absolutely bro we appreciate it so much uh and we're gonna do a little bit of a plug go check out ac hutchison on like what he said youtube uh facebook instagram go check out his stuff um also real quick storefrontier.com make sure you check out the uh the, the merch page to get you some merch we'll send you some merch Hopefully soon, but you have to pay the six bucks. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, so damn, I figured I'd get a chuckle at least. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, shout out to you, man. Uh, God, man, podpage.com slash movement radio. Go check out the archives and everything. Uh, AC, we love you, man. Thank you for being on the show, man. We really do appreciate you. Absolutely. Chip, that being said, let's hit them with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Make sure you check out the YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to get notified of our latest videos. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And this is Movement Radio. We out.
Podcast Movement Radio.